Hi, my name's Craig. I'm an alcoholic. And here's a bit of my story. Uh, well, I was born at a very young age, of course. And uh, I was born to quite a, quite a normal, everyday family. Two brothers and sisters, or two brothers and a sister. Mum didn't work, and as she was a stay-at-home mum, of course, like a very traditional, in fact, worked quite a few jobs. Um, I found out later in life, my mum was quite concerned about me getting on because her father was an alcoholic, and I didn't know for, for quite a long time. Uh, she used to bring that up only when I had my benders, and I was a bit of a naughty kid. I never stole anything, but I used to always be the class clown and sort of the funny boy, I suppose, and um, sort of didn't really feel like I fitted in with everyone, even though I sort of wasn't, you know, particularly unusual. But, uh, yeah, just like, you know, just, uh, didn't I always feel a bit different, been overly, you know, more emotional than other kids as far as, like, laughing and, you know, all that sort of sort of thing. And my parents always said, I, I talk a lot. You know, it's funny, hard with you go to do a talk and you say, I can't talk for 20 minutes. My parents would laugh. You know? Craig could talk my leg off a chair. And, you know, I was stuck with it. So I could have done well at school, but I was too interested in being a clown. I was a silly old since then out. I could have done really well. But, you know, I uh, went through, I suppose, till about, you know, we started drinking at, uh, you know, probably 12, 13 at uh, men and mate from school and his parents were extremely liberal that let us let him smoke. I thought this is cool. And even let us drink, but every time we drank I I got really, really written off. And um yeah, I, I just I couldn't couldn't have one, you know, one's like a complete waste, I suppose. I thought I sit down and have a beer that wasn't really you know, so I was about fifteen years old I had a was involved in a uh, a fatal car accident where I was meant to be sitting in uh Sitting this part of the ute where my mate was, and um, ute rolled over in the country, and um, he died. And the other guys that were with me, they ran away because I didn't even know they stole the car. And I wasn't having any part of that, but uh, it was, yeah, he, he, he died. I was with him when he died. So I sort of things like that, I think that was a catalyst for me being able to get drunk, and people would say, Oh, you know, he's, he's, he's just had a hard time, he's lost his mate. And all that sort of thing, I uh, could, I suppose, get away with it. You know, it was a, and then I, I got my license the second I could, and I was out about on my motorbike, and yeah, I was, <laughs> ran into a few different things. Uh, used to, I was, you know, always used to, you know, drink and uh, drink and drive all the time when I was young. Uh, I tried, tried now, when I got older, and my motorbikes got faster, I did, but. It was always, I think, drinking was a massive part of my, my uh, teens, I suppose. I was always, yeah, I'd get drunk as often as I could. But a lot of my mates did as well, so I didn't really stand out. And um, I remember once, well, before I had to do this, I was thinking, I had a girlfriend once, so I, picked, I was in town at a pub, and I picked up this girl, and um, we'd go to see my mate. She liked to go on my bike, so I was going to see your mate. And, um, yeah, we'd had a few and we'd seen each other a few times and I remember his girlfriend saying to me, oh, she, she says you're a nice bloke, but, uh, 
said, if you want to keep it, you get off the... And she says you get really drunk a lot. I stare, but I'm, I'm cool. Okay? That's what cool blokes on motorbikes do. They get pissed. And um, I ended up um, having a son when I was only 19 years old. And uh, that was more two months of work for my dad. And I had a, I think, having a, a lot of responsibility with my dad at the time, the job. And I started boxing and... It's actually all that stuff there that kept me, I think, basically, I had to go to work and train and everything, so it kept the drinking at bay, but when I was 23, I lost part of eyesight, so I had to lose what job. Um, I tried to paint, but it wasn't much cool for legally blind spray painters. And, and uh, yes, I, um, I actually hit a bit of a rock bottom, and um, not the rock bottom that I... I needed to recruiting that came 20 years later so from there there was a a lot of drinking and fighting and because i'm not blind blind but i've lost part of my central vision so it was hard to work so i had an excuse to stay home and i think for 12 or 18 months i just uh drank every day because it was a guy that uh, finished work at two o'clock a german guy and we'd hit the piss together so yeah eventually like another relationship she left because i was just a bit of a loser and um yeah i uh all along this i had a mate as well that didn't work and we'd get drunk together and say it's all right we can have a beer if you if you don't have a beer you know you're not thin on a man and all that sort of stuff but yeah i used to get written off a lot so along came um uh, many different jobs because i got into sales and I had a lot of potential I um, used to have a lot of jobs for a while and then I wouldn't have them anymore because I'd get drunk and not turn up to work not not on Monday but you know so a lot of Mondays I suppose but just wasn't yeah, it wasn't an ultra reliable cat but more often than not a lot of people said to me that I was working you know if you been drinking I'd be like no I'd swill you know like because when you don't I don't think I had an alcohol-free day for, ah, ever. <laughs> you, you try and think what it was, and it just wasn't, you know, like, I'd, I'd meet someone, you know, because I'd, you know, like, I've, through my life, we've not been engaged, like, four times, so, because I'm funny, I think I am, people think I am anyway, and I can communicate, I'm very good at picking up and, like, chatting up women, and, you know, like, hey, how you going? <laughs> and I, you know, I can be give me passive all and all the rest of it. And um, but then after a while, they just get sick of you, you're drinking. And I, I like working, and I'd work as much as I could. And quite often, a lot of my jobs were six days a week. So I'd make, I'd leave my job to afford my alcohol. And um, yeah, I had another break up in around 1999 on a six-year relationship because it just went down the toilet. Just, yeah, just, they just get sick of you after a while. Just embarrassing, yeah, you know, the many places. And my son, we were fairly close, but, you know, I remember he doesn't, I'll fast forward, but he doesn't talk to me anymore because he doesn't believe that I'd, you know, stop drinking because we got on really well, but quite often, if it come over on a Sunday, I'd just crash out the lounge for two hours. I'd be a good dad, but there was many times where, I'd just be 
the embarrassing pest guy. Um, yeah, so I bought my own house in that year 2000. I've been there ever since, but, but you know, I, like I said, I've been through many relationships and jobs, and the final straw was about 10 years ago when uh, I uh, had an incident with a, uh, my son had stopped seeing me oh, about three years, two years before that because we came over one, one day about this massive argument and you know, I the fight and I lost it. And it was just second or third time, I'll probably say, I think that I'd, um, that it happened and from being very close mates, he was only being a piss at. And uh, so it's, alcohol is a great remover, it removes friends, families, a lot of things. And, and I think enough is enough. I, uh, my parents used to come here, I remember once, I've got, a, I've got a video of it, and I've had beer cans, about 200 of them around the counter and on the table of cigarette butts flying. And I remember I had a bird in the birdcage on top of the, the cupboard and he kept getting out. So I put him back in and he kept getting out. And I didn't realise the top of the cage was open. And I was that pissed I did it about 30 times. I was in a bed there for about three days. Like part of the time it, it moved out and um, not completely just until I apparently got my shit together. <laughs> and that was never going to happen while I was drinking. But I, um, I just yeah, kept putting this bird back in there. I just remember my parents came in over to visit. Mum said, you know, you're an alcoholic. I said, no, I'm not. You know, sitting there with this 300 peers everywhere. I brought back in the video that it would have been 150. It was five or six cartons of beer, and that was a three-day session. But it went from there, like, at the worst point, I was probably drinking a litre of bourbon a day, and people say, and even now I look back, I can't drink that much, but I went to the bottle shop a year and a half after I stopped drinking, and the pool at the bottle shop, actually, so I was never rude to them because that was my place of supply. And Paul said to me, he goes, oh, Hey, have a look at this. I said, what's that? He goes, well, this is last October, and this is this October. And the rep from the boomer place said, well, things are down. What's happening? And he said, well, Craig doesn't visit anymore. And I said, yes, funny, are they? He goes, no, when you're spending about 300 bucks a week on boomer, the, uh, the old bottle shop certainly notices the, uh, the decline in sales. And I said, shit, well, have a drink for a year, and he goes, good on you, man. That was funny, because everyone used to go in there and fuck abuse him. I was just friendly to him, because, look, so you don't want to bite the hand that feeds you. Uh, well, drugs were a massive part of my story as well, but not as much as drinking. I'd, you know, get on the weekends or the, the cocaine, the ecstasy, the speed, the whatever. Who cares? But I could sort of say no to that quite easily and not do it for many years. Um, so alcohol was like the catalyst to everything, and it's actually funny since I gave up drinking, you know, nothing really bothered me anymore. So, I suppose fast forward to uh 2014, I saw a massive bender, and I had a huge, big argument with my partner at the time, and I wasn't happy with how things were with the family there, with her family, and everything, but. She really did try it, but she tried in a tough love. And anyway, but she wasn't here. I, I got locked up for, you know, I've had many nights in the pound as me. 
quite often I am a little bit of child, but I'll be locked up for, you know, pissing in public and did that one twice. I think every alcoholic's been had that pissing in public. And then you fight the police and it all goes well from there. Um, so, yeah, I was locked up and I got out and I actually rang my dad because I'm, I'm born on his birthday. Well, I've got great parents. I said to my dad, I said, and, uh, I'm going to stop drinking. And he goes, you promise? I said, 100%. And uh, mum said, oh, do you think you've got a problem, Craig? <laughs> She's like, my mum. Yeah, I said, yes, mum. Because I came out drinking about four years ago before that and said, I'm going to try and she never believed me. But this is the first time I actually said I'd give up because I didn't think it was me without drinking because I was in the car tray, everyone drank and, you know, I used to box and ride motorbikes and all the guy things. So, you know, it's, um, you know, you'd have to be not kind of a man if you didn't drink. I've, I've been a bit of a blokey bloke. And pretty much when I decided to stop, I um, went ring up at the place and went there and there was, you know, they, I had to write things down and, you know, I didn't get to talk and it was a, some sort of church-based thing and that's a massive part of my sobriety. She <laughs> said, I'm a screaming atheist. I have had bad experiences with, uh, I wasn't touched up by a priest or anything, but I, just have had bad experiences with people in churches not being what they say they are, being not nice people and go to church, and that's why they're great. So I've got some really close churchy friends, and I always will be my friends. But I um I actually got on the phone to AA because actually it was funny. I had a partner years ago, and we used to drink. I remember she used to pick me up from work. And car sales place I worked at would stop every night on the way home. She'd get a bottle of Southern Comfort and not get a bottle of bourbon. And um, her mum has been part of the A Fellowship for oh, 50 odd years and she used to say to us, you're an alcoholic. I said, no, I can stop any time I like. She goes, I've never seen you without a drink in your hand. I say, well, because I'm always working. When I'm not working, I have a drink and I like drinking. And it was quite funny because... She said, but you drink alcoholically. And she said, I've seen you pull your drinks. And you have half a glass of bourbon and half a glass of coke. And I said, well, that's how I like it. And it's just, she just, I, she, I thought she was just holy than now. So I actually rang AA and the guy answered the phone because I was scared because I thought they were churchy tingledus. And I answered, the guy that answered the phone in the office, it was actually funny. This guy had all the answers. Really should have been off at the time. He uh, he said, uh, I said, uh, you know, I don't drive. Um, and he said, that's okay. He said, you should get to a meeting. And I said, oh, I don't know about this AA meeting stuff. So that's what you do. So, so when shall I go? He goes, well, come to one. And I said, oh, once again, I don't drive. He said, I'll pick you up. I'm like, those blokes, pick you up, mate. I thought, well, if the guy's nice enough to pick me up. Well, hey, he's nice enough to, I appreciate him nice enough to say yes. So he came along and picked me up and he said, look, just listen. You don't have to say anything, you know, but listen for the similarities, not the differences. Because I said, no, I'm going to interview your church stuff, are you? And he said, no, 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 no. He goes, it's not a religious program. I said, it's gone. 
He goes, just just don't worry about it. And I was too focusing on like God, you know, because I wanted to. I didn't want to drink at that time, but I'd hit my personal low. As I said, I it'd been twenty five years of hard hard drinking. And uh, I got to this meeting and um, everyone that shared around the table, I could hear something similar in every single one of their their shares, whether it be they'd lost money because I came in with them like $34,000 worth of credit card and lost my house, but had $34,000 worth of credit card debt. And uh, there was people that lost everything. And, you know, I had lost partners and my partner wasn't there at the time. She actually met me at the meeting. And she goes, wow, they're nice people. And there was a, a guy there. And there was just, there's a few people there now that have, have gone, but are really, really dear to my heart. And um, I don't know if I should say names, but yeah, they were, they were lovely people. I'm planning that people that um, you know, took me there. Just, and I, um, I some of them were funny as well. So I thought, these are funny guys. These guys are okay. She goes, look, they're not seem nice people. And while I, I took two weeks off of work, so I, actually a guy said to me, if you can do 90 meetings in 90 days, do it. And you don't have to, I know. But I really wanted to give up. So I thought, well, if I'm not at work, I'm at home on the, my bottle shop's four minutes up the road. So I went to daytime meetings, went to meetings in the night. And even when I couldn't get there, I uh, could ring up someone. I went to the Sunday, I rang up. Dennis and he said, he goes, well, he's got past two feet count. I'm like, buddy, these guys have got all covered. And it was though. People, you know, reached out. People helped. I didn't drive and it didn't matter. Um, so it was just, yeah, like I said, there was many people. My partner at the time, she ended up coming back and she offered me going to meetings. That's the thing. She initially really did. She said, you've actually, she said, you're all calm. But it was months and months and months and I was, um, just going on lots of meetings, but I enjoyed it, and I didn't really, you know, I. But after there was a time I gave up in the, the St Patrick's Day, and there was a time on the twenty third of October that year, I was pissed off. We had a meeting, uh, argument. She pissed off, and I went up. You know, I was at, I shouldn't have. So I just went up, up to play pokies, but I went to the bar and got a beer. I had half a half a, a thing and. A drink and put it down. Like, oh, what's wrong with it? I said, oh, that was iconic. He goes, oh, they're all like, oh, it's here. And I shouldn't have, you know, but I actually, on the way home, I, I rang up uh, someone from the fellowship and he actually said to me, he said, well, you already decided to take that drink when you decided to walk up the pub. Now, still have a drink. I said, I ruined it. He goes, me, ruined nothing. Get back. And I was. Went back to meetings, so I never stopped going, but the problem was I wasn't listening and I wasn't doing the program because I wasn't calling people when I had issues. So since that, obviously it's been nothing, but it's still, I've still, I've got a sponsor and he's, he said, well, you've, you've got to be, it's an honest program and you've got to be honest to yourself. You had a drink and you want to be honest, that's it. So I start my sobriety date from that time. But from there, I, I basically, I suppose, fast forward, I few about eight months later, I started um, talking over the keys to a, a fellowship and was going to be secretary for 
six months and that ended the two years. But to be honest, I actually liked, I had to go to there every Tuesday. I helped another guy on the Friday night set up that meeting and that got you out and it got you speaking to new people and giving phone numbers. And after that, about seven years ago, I gave up another job. I finished with a relationship, but still on very good terms with the person I was with. And I don't give this advice to everyone, but starting a new job, a new relationship where people can't look at you as an alcoholic is my my personal thing. The job that I've got, I'm actually got a really good position now. And the people I work for, it was funny, after one year we went to a function and gentleman said, oh, do you want a drink, mate? What should we have at the bar? He goes, mate, you know, you've helped our business, you know, we love you. I said, he goes, you want a beer? I said, no, I don't want a beer. He said, do you want a wine? I said, I don't want a wine either. He goes, what do you do you want? I said, I don't drink. And he goes, but you're a salesman and a good one. I said, well, he goes, you're from the car trade. So when I just don't drink, uh, all the way he said to his wife, he goes, like I've had four years, he said, did you know he doesn't drink? She goes, yeah, yeah, he's told me. She goes, oh, she goes, what do you think is at work on time? And yeah, I, they, they wouldn't be without me and I wouldn't be without them. But, you know, since then, it takes a little time. People respect me and trust me. And, you know, I've got a good outlook and I don't, you know, I try I try and put the 12 steps in of my life. That's the stage I'm up to now. That's going up to nine years. And it's not the time that's that, that I've got up that, that matters, but it's the, it's the quality of my life. Because I noticed after about two years, I was walking the dog. I've given up. I was walking the dog. And people have said, oh, you know, you've got to be happy with it yourself. And you have to drink to be happy. But and I used to think those people were just as good as that always But... I was watching the dog and I could hear, you know, I just actually, something came over me where I felt, I remember it very clearly, I felt really good and very, very happy, not pissed off that I had given up alcohol. And yeah, I think it was, you know, it was happy and you know, cleaned up my house, cleaned up my life and started exercising and walking the dog and doing meetings. And I just felt just together instead of arguing and you know, having a head that was full of tamal. Um, but yeah, I, I I didn't go to meetings for a while because there was a guy that, you know, I thought was not doing the right thing. Been in the fellowship for a long time and we had an argument and I said, well, the guy that, you know, you're looking after it, he's drinking and he goes, that's my business. And I just got, let that get in the way of things. So I didn't go to meetings for a while, for probably about a year and then it guy that was very close to me that was there when I very first came in, a guy actually said, rang me up at work one day and said, you know, such and such. I said, yeah, he goes, oh, he's passed away and you're on his contact to call. But bloody hell, out of all the people we know through Australia, I was the guy that they sent to call. I thought, shit, so I rang up someone else and worked out with me, you know, that he was actually passed away. And I found another dear old friend of mine, old Scottish guy, he was... Yeah, he was, he was, everyone loves it with everyone. Tough lumps, they did say, don't be a princess. You know, he, he gave me a little bit of, you know, tough love, but he was also, honestly a very caring man as well. I found out that he passed away and what I'd missed, because uh, my A family's, you know, it to me. So I'm going back to meetings again, and look, it, there's people, you know, that can say, why, you know, what can you, 
have gained from uh, not drinking and getting your head out of the turmoil for me. I've, you know, I've doing very, I work very hard, but I've got a lot of years to make up and I've, you know, I've got quite a few good toys now and things. I've still got a lot to do. I'm not perfect. I've got a relationship with someone I've been overseas a few times and, um, yes, yeah, coming here at the end of the year. So I can actually handle having a relationship where I don't have to, you know, see the fun of being all the time. I can talk to people now. A very, very grateful recovered alcoholic or recovering, as I say, never recovered. Very interestingly, a friend of mine said today, I said, uh, I'll look after her. She's I'm a coach. She's a widow. And I, she knows, I said about Dennis, she said, the funny guy from AA and you, you're going to do your thing. She goes, well, I just thought today, she goes, you guys aren't alcoholics anymore. She goes, that's very good. You know, it's good that you've recovered. And I said, no, I mean, we're this far away from a change. She goes, you don't want to drink. I said, no, no, I don't plan to. She said, well, he has been a drink for a long time. He wouldn't drink. And I've actually discussed with him this morning. There was a guy that used to sit up the back of a meeting. And he was he used to open up the doors and get the food out. I said, well, we don't hear you share. He said, no, no, no. He goes, I'm perfectly cool off sharing. You know? And he was there every week. And he'd do one other meeting as well. And he hadn't had a drink for about 18 months. And he's just always there. I said, yes, man, I don't want to share. Because I'm really cool. Because I'm fine. I'm good. And two weeks after that, went out and uh, bought two bottles of scotch, drank him in one hit, and they found him back. So, it's really, you're not ever away from it. Uh, my sponsor once was sitting opposite each other at the table, and he put up a salt pepper shaker. I went to Brabant and I said, see, you're that far away from my trip. So it is cunning, baffling and powerful. And it's only since I've you know, started to, I've tried to have more meetings now, just to remind myself of what I can be and the shit for what I can get back into if I don't keep my you know, sobriety real. Because uh, it's given me a lot, but I've got to give back. And if there's anyone that's listening that's thinking, well, you know, my life won't be fun. If I give up drinking, well, I've, even though I don't drive, I've got a few cars that I take to shows, people, you know, all the guys at my club and my friends at the workshops I go to, they go, I've got to get something non-alcoholic for break. And they accept it. You know, them, they say, oh, what, what, you know, how come you don't drink? I said, mate, what are we fighting? Ah, we get on break. I said, mate, we'd be fighting. I'd be punching you, eating you with something because I'd find some reason I'd be angry. And they go, oh, well, good thing you don't drink. I said, mate, it's a much better life. So, plus, you know, I, I don't want to get a 10-year anniversary up or anything. I just, you know, one day at a time, just, I actually still get up every morning. Look at myself in the mirror every single day. I don't share this much, but I say, you're not drinking today because this is what you've got. And I'm just happy and I'm very content. And um, people in the, the fellowship, they're... Uh, they wanted varied and I've worked out that I don't love the own. I don't know lovely, but I've got some some really good friends I could always call. 